Chaka 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 con chaka con chaka con chaka baby over a wall. Wait, whoa, 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 what? Whoa, easy guy. Uh, hey, welcome to the Harland Highway. Harlan Williams here, hosting you through this wild, wacky podcast. Uh, what a what a show we have. You know, slap. Um, the the, uh, the the bombings that happened recently in New York and New Jersey, uh, scary stuff, more terrorist bombings, crockpot bombings, and we have a uh, weapons expert coming on the show from Dublin, Ireland, a man who did some time in the military to discuss how we deal with these, uh, these domestic primitive uh, bombs. Pretty heady stuff. Also, a crazy news story. Wait till you hear some woman got hit in the head from above by you'll never guess what. Just crazy. Uh, we'll, we'll analyze this crazy news story and have a few laughs at the expense of her head. Uh, also, uh, the, uh, the hose, the garden hose uh, story just keeps growing. I'm going to give you an update on my short story and also an update on a new television show I'm doing that premieres in October. Stand by. This is the Harland Highway. What is this? Some kind of a joke or something? Welcome to the Harland Highway. What are you talking about, Will? Son, you got a panty on your head. Shut up and sit down, you big bald fuck. Oh, God, what's happening here? What's happening? Hey, Harland, it's Shelly. You just made a wrong turn onto the Harland Highway. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. That is fantastic. What's wrong with everybody in this crazy place? The Harland Highway. <gasps> what is it? The opening. To what? To another dimension. This is Harland Williams. You're a bad man. You're a very bad man. That is fantastic. The Harland Highway. Crazy news story. That's weird. Wow. That's strange stuff. I think you're crazy. Oh, yes. Had had to start the podcast with this story. I mean, good Lord. Too, too delicious to pass up. Here's the headline for today's crazy news story. Catfish falls from sky, hits woman on street. Talk about your flying fish. Uh, Here we go. Uh, Falling catfish weren't generally considered to be one of the hazards of life in Philadelphia until now. Lisa Lorby tells the Philadelphia Inquirer that she was walking near the city's art museum on the morning of Labor Day when she heard a rustling in the trees above her and was suddenly suddenly slammed in the face with what turned out to be a five-pound catfish. Well, we all know that, that, that cats like to go up into trees, right? So if you're half cat, half fish, it, is that wrong? Is it wrong for a cat fish to be in a tree? Is it wrong for a catfish to be walking along the top of a fence? Is it wrong for a catfish to be stalking mice in your backyard? I don't know. Uh, Maybe there's a reason it's a catfish. Uh, Witnesses saw a bird, possibly a hawk or eagle, flying away like like it was the culprit. The bird had apparently dropped the foot-long fish 
which fell more than 50 feet through the tree branches before hitting Lobry, who was left with a cut on the face. <laughs> oh, God. Can you believe it? And they just think it was a bird. Like, that, 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 the, you know, that's the, the, the catfish face detectives putting the pieces together. Well, there, there, we, someone, someone witnessed a bird in the vicinity uh, flying away rather rapidly with a guilty look on its face. Uh, anyone with pictures or video, uh, please contact the FBI. Uh, the, the Osprey is a prime suspect in this, uh, this intense investigation. I mean, what if it wasn't a bird? I mean, that's the most logical answer, but what if it was, it's just some weird, like, what, what if it was, you know, it's a, 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 a creature from outer space mimicking a catfish and it fell off an asteroid? What if, uh, you know, what if there was uh, one of those water bombers? Have you seen the big water bombers that, that when, when there's a forest fire, they go down and they scoop water out of a lake? And then drop the water on the forest fire. What? What if one of those was flying overhead and it, and it's scooping, it had scooped up a poor five-pound catfish, which, by the way, is a big fish. That, that a five-pound fish is a good catch to any fisherman, by the way. And I'm a fisherman. I'll will take a five-pounder. That's a that's a hefty fish, man. That's what we call a keeper. I got myself a keeper. Um. Uh, and what what if you know it, it you know it was just emptying out its its fuselage trying to you know jettison some of the extra water and Melvin the catfish was flapping around in there I mean the, the, you know do I believe it was probably a bird yes but that's logical but did did, did they check the catfish's torso for talon punctures right a a large bird of prey would not be able to carry a five-pound fish. That's a big fish for a, a bird because remember, folks, big birds of prey aren't as heavy as they look. Big birds of prey are, it's a lot of feathers and they have hollow bones. Many, most birds have hollow bones. Did you know that? Because they can't have dense bones or they'd be too heavy. They couldn't get up in the air. So, so many big birds probably don't weigh more than five pounds. You'd be surprised at the weight of a of a bald eagle. Why don't why don't I go on uh, why don't I go online here and just see what what the weight, the actual physical weight, of a bald eagle would be? Because uh, you know p- picking up a five pound fish when you only weigh, uh, you know, ten pounds. That that's a that's a bit of a feat. Here we go. How much does a Bald eagle way. Look at this, 6 to 14 pounds. That's not a lot. Six. It varies, says here between 6 to 14 pounds. That's not a lot. You're talking about a 5-pound fish? That's like if you weighed 200 pounds... And you lifted something up that was 120 pounds. Wait, that sounded wrong. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that works. But w- let me see what an osprey weighs. An osprey is a is a bird of prey that uh, 
that dives for fish. Wow, ospreys, you're not going to believe this. Ospreys, which are very large birds, three pounds. Three pounds for an osprey. And those are fish-diving birds. Let's see what a, what a red-tailed hawk weighs. They're a bird of prey. They don't they don't dive for fish, but you know now now you got me interested. Red-tailed hawk weighs. Oh my God! You've seen these these giant hawks that circle around farmers' fields. Big 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 brown hawks with the red tails. You probably look at them in the sky and go, that's a 25-pound bird. 2.4 pounds. Okay, so what I said is accurate. Birds. Now I gotta do this. Now I'm now I'm I'm interested. How much does a damn hummingbird weigh? I mean, this is straying off the story a bit. But I mean, if a giant bird weighs next to nothing, how much does the smallest bird weigh? Let's see. Hummingbird. 0.056 ounces. Oh my god. I mean, does I think a housefly might weigh more than a hummingbird. Incredible. So, anyways, let's let's finish our story here. Um Lisa, the woman that was hit by the fish in the face, says, I think it might have been head, face, and neck. Because I felt so bad afterwards. I smelt disgusting. So I guess she feels she got hit in the head, face, and neck. uh, Because she had a fish stink. Now this is getting a little dirty, but I wonder if there's a trail of men following her down the the street. That's just rude. Um, She adds that she can see the humor in it now, though it wasn't so funny at the time. It could have been so much worse, she says. What if the catfish had hit a child? It was not a fun experience, but there are so many worse things that could have happened. Yeah, maybe a whale dropped out of the sky and hit you in the face. A great white shark like a sharknado. A hammerhead shark could have dinged you in the forehead. She goes on to say, it's probably one of the strangest things that has ever happened to me in my life. Yeah, I guess so. I think you have a better chance of being hit by lightning than getting hit with a a flying catfish when you're in the middle of a major cosmopolitan city. I get it if you're near a lake or a river. Maybe there's a guy casting and he flings a fish onto the shore and you walk into it. But walking down the street in a city? And by the way, what's, what's an eagle... Or an osprey doing flying over a city with a giant catfish. Wouldn't you have to be out in nature? That's what makes this a little bit of a mystery. She said she did a lot of fishing growing up in Colorado and still loves to fish. But this is the first catfish she's ever caught with her face. (laughs) Oh, man. Hilarious. So there you go, folks. Uh, I hope you have helmets. I hope you have a, a catfish-proof umbrella. And just so you know, many of you might not know the anatomy of a catfish, but let me let me fill you in. A catfish is the fish with those big whiskers sticking out of its face, which a lot of people think are prickly 
and can hurt you, but they're not. They're 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 very flimsy. They're like they're like like you know bendable wire. But what is dangerous? The catfish, its its pectoral fins, the fins right behind its gills, almost just behind its eyes. At the top of the catfish fins, right there, there is a very hard bone that comes out, and it tapers at the tip to it's it's like a nail or a needle. And one of the uh, one of the very precarious things about growing up on a lake when I was a little boy is we were always warned by our parents to be careful when we're walking or running down the beach not to step on a catfish because catfish would very often wash up, you know, as dead fish often do. Every now and then a a dead catfish would wash up on the shore and it would lay there, its flimsy corpse just laying there. But this bone on its pectoral fin or one of its pectoral fins and I, I think I've got the fin right. The fins that are that come out right behind the gills, I think those are the pectorals, but I might be wrong. I'm not an ichthologist. I, I'm, I'm not a student of fish in an in a academic way. So the pectoral might be the fin on the back. I can't remember. But the fins by the gills, okay? Come on, gang. God, you have to be so technical. Jesus Christ, they're the fins, for Christ's sake. Just can't you accept the fins behind the gills, for Christ's sake? Jesus, God, Mother Mary and Christ. So anyways, what would happen is kids would run down, and every summer kids would run down and step on these dead fish carcasses, and that fin would be sticking up and go right through the sole of their foot like I'd stepping on a nail on a board. Yes, and I know one of my sisters, I can't remember if it was my sister Teresa or my sister Megan, but I remember we were doing just that once. We were on a beach, running, playing, and she stepped right on a catfish bone fin, and it was horrible. So my point is, it's lucky that that this, this fin with the bones or one of the fins didn't, didn't like whack her in the head. At 50 feet, you gotta you gotta figure that catfish is flying, uh, you know, probably 50 miles an hour. Can you imagine if one of these 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 nail-like fins went right through the person's skull and they were killed, or they're just walking around with a fish stuck to their face, flapping? So there you go. There, there's the crazy news story from the day: catfish falls from sky, hits poor woman. Right in the face. Like I said, get your catfish helmets and have a nice walk. Cat! Cat! In French, chat chapeau. In Spanish, el gato in a sombrero. And I'll tell you something more. Now you listen to me good. In German, I'm a katze und das ist meine Hut. Ist das nicht dein katze Hut? Ja, das ist dein katze Hut. Clunk. And speaking of dangers in the cities, I mean, a flying catfish is the least of your worries. Uh, how about these terrorist attempted, to, well, not attempted, the terrorist and attempted terrorist bombings in New York just recently 
uh, where this radicalized uh, man, I was about to say gentleman, I, I will never call a terrorist a gentleman. I'm, 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 I'm even, uh, you know, having trouble calling a, per- a, a person like that a man. Uh, but anyways, uh, you know, as you know, if you've been watching the news, if you live on planet Earth, Dalo, uh, this idiot, this this disgruntled human being who wants to uh, kill innocent people, uh, detonated a a pressure cooker, a crock pot, uh, and tried to detonate uh, several other crock pots uh, around the city. And 29 or 30 people were injured. Luckily, no one was killed. And uh, we just think it's a horrible situation. And we have a uh, gentleman from uh, Dublin, Ireland calling in. Um, uh, This gentleman was uh, in the uh, military over in Ireland. And and, uh, we thought we would uh, pick his brain. He volunteered to call in, said he had... Uh, some practical ideas about these types of bombs, and we thought, well, why not get them on the show and, you know, have some common sense and logic uh, that can help us, uh, you know, learn how to navigate through a future terror attack like this. So, Roger, is he there? Barney, what is it? Barney O'Beanery. Barney O'Beanery. Uh, from the Irish military. Uh, let's get him on the line. But yeah, he's there. All right, put him through. Uh, hello, uh, Mr. O'Beanery. Uh, are you there, sir? Oh, hello there, Mr. Williams. How you be today, sir? Uh, uh, good. This is Barney. Am I getting the name right? Barney O'Beanery? Oh, that's me name. Don't wear it out, don't you know? <laughs> uh, uh, well, you sound cheery. Well, why wouldn't you be? It's a good day to be alive, isn't it? Well, you know, I guess every day is a good day to be alive. Yes, sir. Uh, so, so you uh, did some time in the uh, in the military in Ireland, sir, and you uh, you wanted to contribute your thoughts on how we can best get through a a domestic terror attack, and albeit a primitive uh, terror attack where bombs are made with. Uh, primitive supplies like uh, cell phone timers and pressure cookers, or uh, some people refer to them as crockpots. Ah, yes, the old crockpot. What would they do without it, Mr. Williams? Well, uh, well, in this case, I... Let me tell you what I think we need to do with the crockpot. I think, I think the crockpot is a good idea. I think, I think the head was in the right place when this came about. I just think the execution was a little infidel. Well, well, well wait a minute, sir. The, the crockpot was a good idea? Well, there's a practical use for that kind of a bomb. A crockpot bomb. Or a pressure cooker, if you will. Well, I don't see how there's a, there's a practical or a, quote, good use for a, a crockpot, sir. I mean, if you're using it to, to, to blow up uh, the public and um, hurt and maim its citizens... Well, I'm not talking about using it to hurt people. I'm talking about using the crockpot to help people, Mr. Williams. Well, what do you mean, a, a, a crockpot bomb to help people? Well, as you know, Mr. Williams, the crockpot was originally designed to make delicious food. 
Okay, I can't argue that. That's true. It is a, a cooking apparatus. And a delicious, delicious thing it makes. It makes wonderful, wonderful foods. We've all been enjoying them most of our lives. Am I correct? Well, yeah, yes, sir. But 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 when you take a household item and use it to to uh, terrorize the communities. Well, here's what I'm saying, Mr. Williams. Why not use that kind of a cooker, cooker for good? Well, I, that's where you're confusing me, uh, 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 Barney. I, I don't see how a pressure cooker bomb could be used for good. Well, let me tell you a few words, Mr. Williams. Have you ever had yourself a nice, delicious, hot Irish stew on a cold, blarney evening, sir? Excuse me? A nice simmering stew that's been sitting in the crock pot, just roasting and chaining for hours upon hours. Well, yes, I've had Irish stew. So what if we put the crock pot bombs in neighborhoods where people weren't as fortunate, where people couldn't get a bite to eat, where the homeless congregated? Well, wait a minute. What are you saying, sir? What I'm saying is, instead of filling these bombs with shrapnel and ball bearings and nails, the type of things you expressed earlier that hurt, maim, and kill people... Wait a minute. I suggest we get the crockpots. We fill them full of a delicious Irish stew. We detonate them and blow Irish stew all over the neighborhood. Wait, what? Are you talking about... Stuffing a crockpot bomb full of Irish stew and and blasting it all over people that that are homeless and can't find food to eat? Oh, think of the delicious carrots, the nice tender beef, oh, the peas, the gravy, the potatoes, Mr. Williams. Oh, we can't forget the potatoes. Well, sir, I'm sorry, what part of the military were you in, by the way? I was a chef. I was a chef at one of the military bases. I cooked for the boys. You, you were a, you're a military chef? That's right, Mr. Williams. Now let's get back to the crockpot. Imagine it's a cold, frosty night. You're walking down the street. you got a little bit of a pang in your tummy. You're thinking, oh, wouldn't I like a nice bean with bacon soup right now? Or a nice clam chowder. What, sir, this is... And you're walking along and all of a sudden you see a, a duffel bag at the side of the road or a crock pot sitting in a garbage can. Sir, this is a little obscure. And all of a sudden, kaboom, Mr. Williams. Suddenly you're covered from head to toe with bean and bacon soup or a nice hearty clam chowder. I, I don't know. Just no, Mr. O'Beanery. This this is a this is kind of not a good use for, for a, a crockpot. I mean, we're talking about about uh, ISIS and and people inspired by radical Islam who who are are using these to to, to kill people because they're bastardizing a religion. I know, but wouldn't it be so much better to be blown up and have a nice chunk of sizzled lamb land on your face and you could just reach up and peel it off and eat it. Oh, so chewy, Mr. Williams. I could almost taste myself chewing it right now. What what are you doing, sir? I'm chewing the lamb in me mouth, Mr. Williams. 
okay, you know what? This this is uh, this is not how I intended this to go. Uh, you know. Well, how about this, Mr. Williams? How about a pressure cooker crockpot bomb? Laying on the sidewalk, it's a nice frosty Thursday night. The snow's falling down. People are walking around celebrating Christmas. And all of a sudden, a wonderful crockpot bomb goes off and some delicious borscht is blown all over everybody's face. Borscht? That's right. Can I give you the recipe? No, you can't give me the recipe. We're talking about terrorism. And I'm talking about a nice frothy borscht that blows up all over everyone. First you put four cups of beef broth shank and a quartered onion in the in the crock pot. Bring it to a simmer, cover it, and let it cook until the meat is falling off the bone tender, tender, tender for about an hour and 30 minutes. Sir, we don't need a borscht recipe here. Remove the meat from the pot. Remove any bone connective tissue and excess fat. Mr. Williams, chop up the meat, place it in the crock pot, and just let it just simmer. Simmer away like a simmering sim-simily sim-sim-saroo. What does that even mean, sir? When the broth is ready, any chilled fat will have risen to the top, and when the bomb goes off, when the cook pot explodes, this warm fat will blow all over the people walking in the street. Sir, I'm not going to let you turn a terrorist activity into a delicious event, okay? Just think of the broth and the carrots and the beets, and of course the diced potatoes. Oh, just blowing all over every vegetables in their hair, chopped meat dripping down their face, cabbage and fresh dill all over their bodies, Mr. Williams. Okay, sir, enough. Okay, I, I think you're missing the point. Um, You know, we're talking about a deadly, deadly epidemic that's happening here, and you're, you're here talking about a, a crock pot, some kind of a, a meal. Let me give you the recipe for the borscht, Mr. Williams. Eight cups of beef broth or beef stock. No, no, no. One pound of bone in the beef shake with a lot of meat on it, Mr. Williams. A lot of meat. Probably like meaty like your wife's ass. Sir, if you would not... One large onion, peeled and quartered. I don't want to hear this recipe. Four lovely long carrots. The kind your wife would shove up inside. Sir, please. You can peel them or you can chop them. Sir, I'm not going to hear... One large russet potato, peeled and cut into half-inch cubes. Two cups of thinly sliced cabbage. Three-quarters cup chopped fresh dill. In the crock pot. Sir, you're not gonna make a food bomb. Three tablespoons of red wine vinegar, Mr. Williams. I, I'm hanging up, sir. One cup of sour cream, the kind you'd probably find in your dirty underpants. Sir, I'm hanging up. Some salt and freshly ground pepper, just to cap it off. All right, hang up on him. Kaboom, Mr. Williams. Kaboom! Hang up on him, idiot. Are you kidding? Oh, God.
I'm talking about people dying. Talking about terrorism. Is he gone? Good. Jeez, guy completely missed the point. Roger, how did you not screen this guy? How did you not know he, he was a chef in the army? I thought we were getting like a, a munitions expert or a or a, a bomb maker or somebody that, that could shed some light. And we got a guy to telling us how to make clam chowder and tell, telling us we, we should blow food all over the, the homeless people. Good Christ. You know what? Let's go to a commercial. We'll be back. Idiot. I love white flowers. Their fragrance is so fresh, so light, so delicate. And now this refreshing fragrance has been captured in new white flowers from Summer's Eve, the simplest disposable douche. White flowers is so refreshing, it gives me a feeling of freshness, a feeling of confidence I've never had before. White flowers, the newest of the Summer's Eve fresh, clean fragrances. Freshness and confidence have never been simpler. Yes, 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 we do get your letters. We do get your wonderful letters here at the Harlan Highway Podcast. If you want to send a letter, just go to harlanwilliams.com. And uh, I I wanted to read this letter because it pertains to some phone calls uh, I played uh, not too long ago. Uh, Here's the, uh, the letter. It's from a gentleman named John Dunn from Kansas City. And by the way, John and his crew came out to see me uh, perform in Kansas City very recently, and I just have to say, first of all, thank you for coming. John brought a whole crew with him, and uh, it was it was absolutely amazing. John, uh, who's a big fan of the show, and his friends, they all dressed up like characters from the Harlan Highway podcast. <laughs> I walked out on stage, and there in the front row was John dressed as uh, Mr. Uh, Featherstone, my boss. And beside him was this wonderful woman who was dressed up like Dr. Debbie Timer, the life coach, and Barbecue Eddie was there, and it was just a whole collection. I think Dr. Ascot was there. It was just a, a wonderful, it was like five or six people. I was so uh, taken aback and moved and touched by their, their wonderful effort. Thank you guys so much for... for um, for coming out and and uh, dressing up as the characters, I mean, it's amazing how shockingly close they look to how I envision them in my mind. But anyways, uh, John wrote a letter. I'd been talking a lot about the garden hose episode. People have been calling in about it. Um, it was my five hundredth podcast, and uh, and I I did a podcast. I did a bit on it, a segment where I had reported that I had you know as an adult I had drank from a garden hose and when I drank from the garden hose I had this all these flashbacks that kind of took me back to being a kid and uh, and John just recently sent me a letter about his experience and uh, I wanted to read it to you um, it said uh, it says uh, dear Harland glad you had a, had a great time at Burning Man 
I can't wait to see your video highlights. Yes, I will be putting a video out on that. In today's podcast, I heard about the water hose video. I wanted to give you the email I had sent in after the 500 podcast just so you have it again. So this is a letter that he had sent in before, and I will read it again. Uh, He says, I hope more people try the water hose time machine. I am very interested in what memories it will bring for different people. And here's John's uh, older letter. I don't know if I read it before or not, but here it is. Uh, Harland, I heard your 500th podcast this morning on my way to work. I have a short story about me drinking from the garden hose a few weeks ago. I went to Minneapolis to visit my fiancé's cousin, and one morning I ran I ran five miles because I was training for a marathon. And when I got back, I was flipping hot as hell, and everyone was sitting out back having coffee, and I came through the sliding door. I immediately saw a hose right outside the door. Everyone said how drenched you are in sweat. I didn't say anything, and I turned on the hose and heard the water swish-swashing through the hose as you described it, and wham, the first splash of water looking crystal clear shooting at my face. I drank 10 big gulps, and then I put the hose above my head and started soaking myself. All the while, I was immediately thinking about the first time I drank from a hose when I was probably five or six years old, playing t-ball in the backyard with my dad. It made me think about the old house we lived in and how we ate a lot of watermelon every summer. It made me think about that first 4th of July that my dad let me light fireworks. It made me miss being a kid. As I was drinking the water from the hose, people were like, dude, we'll get you a glass of ice water. I was like, no, the hose is better. It was very cold. I know I will always be a kid deep at heart. Congrats on the 500th podcast. Well, John, great letter, man. I mean, I almost missed it up just reading it. Um, And uh, when he says the 500th podcast, of course, he's referring to if you want to hear that podcast with the the original Garden Hose story, it's at number 500. You might have to become a premium member to do it Um, because we only play the current 50 episodes. Um, But anyways, the reason I wanted to read John's letter is because... um, you know, all this talk from people like John and other people that had called in and wrote in about their water hose experience, it, it got my wheels turning even more uh, as it pertained to my original podcast about the idea of a water hose being a time machine and taking you back. And so uh, I said to uh, to you guys on the air uh, a few weeks ago, I said, you know, I, I'm inspired to the point where I think there's a short story here. I think I'm going to write a short story. I'm kind of moved by the and inspired and and uh, kind of uh, interested in the whole concept of of what would happen if you could really go back. And so cut to me like 2 weeks later, here I am just today, yes, just today, just hours ago, I finished the water hose time machine short story. And guess how long it is. I thought I'd be do maybe 10, 11, maybe 20 pages. 70 pages. This story just took on a life of its own. I just got mesmerized by it. And I just kept writing and writing. And and the place, the places that the, that the, the, the characters go when they drink from the water hose, it's intense. It became a very intense story with some lightness and some darkness and some drama and some it it it, it kind of took me to a place I didn't expect it to go 
And so as I promised, I want to share it with you guys, but obviously 70 pages is a lot. So what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to break it up, and what I'll do is uh, I'll try and read like 10 minutes every week on you know all the future podcasts. I don't know how long that will take. That could be 10, 20 episodes. And that way you're not inundated. If you don't like the concept, if you don't like the story, you can just speed past the 10 minutes. And if you do like it, you can listen to it. And I think what I'll also do, just as a teaser to get get people to join my premium membership, which I know you're you're going to love, I'm going to put the whole story on the premium uh, account ahead of time. So you'll hear the first 10 minutes and then 10 minutes and then 10 minutes of the water hose story as we go along here from week to week. But if you, if you can't wait, if you can't wait to get to the end, and I, I have a feeling once you hear like the first seven or eight pages, you're going to be like, oh, my God, I, I can't wait. I've got I've to hear the end of this thing. Um, I'm hoping it, it inspires you to join our premium membership for only $20 a year. But the, these are the type, type of perks you get when you're a premium member. But aside from the premium business, uh, I really had a great time writing it. I want to thank all you pavement pounders because you kind of lit a fire under my ass. You inspired me beyond my own um, segment that I did about it. I, it was the reaction I got from you guys that made me realize this wasn't something that just happened to me. The old, you know, drinking from the water hose actually did bring back memories for a lot of you. And uh, if you want to keep, uh, you know, telling me those stories or writing or, or calling, I'd, I'm very interested to hear them. Uh, they're very sentimental and, and who knows what they are. But uh, so there you go. A 70 page, I don't even know if I can call it a short story anymore. But uh, I'm going to start reading it. I might even try to do it uh, by the next podcast. I might I might throw the first 10 minutes out there uh, on podcast uh, 8.05, which is coming up on uh, Monday, September 29th. And if I don't get it on that one, I will definitely, maybe, maybe we kick October off with, uh, with the Time Machine water hose story. But like I said, if you want to get in, in advance, uh, I will post it first up on the premium membership. So this could be a fun experiment or it could be a colossal bore and a waste of time. But regardless of what it becomes, I just had such a good time writing this story. I got sucked into it. I, there were days when I couldn't stop writing. I was just, I thought, oh, I'll sit down and write two or three pages, which is a lot, you know, when you're making up a story in your head and and cut to like 15, 20 pages later, I'm still there like, you know, this this story's unfolding in my brain as I go. I don't know the ending of it. I'm not one of these guys that maps out a story beforehand. I don't sit there and go, okay, on page three, uh, he's going to go through the door. On page 12, he's going to get in his car and crash. And on page uh, 23, he, uh, he meets a gorilla. I don't do that. Because when I write, I find that kind of takes away the fun and the spontaneity for me. So what I do is I just start writing. And in this case, I just started with a guy picking up a hose, and I didn't even know what he was going to see when he did it. I didn't even know what was going to pop into my head, but I just kept following 
I just kept following what, what the story was telling me. The, the story guided me, and, 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 and that's why this was so fun for me because this story unfolded before my very eyes. It was almost as if someone else was telling me the story. And so I'm very excited to share it with you guys. See if it if if it stimulates you. See if you like it. See if it if it if it resonates, or whether you're just like, dude, you know, you really shouldn't be writing, dude. I mean, you, you know, maybe stick to the podcast, and even that's pushing it, you know, because that podcast is, you know, right on the fence of being anything, you know. <laughs> um, so there you go. Uh, and that's the only letter I'm going to read today. Normally when I open the mailbag, I, I dip into a lot of letters, but this one kind of took a lot of time. So John, thank you for sharing once again, your, your garden uh, hose story. Thank you to the rest of you that phoned in and uh, wrote to me and also John, and please tell the rest of the gang who came to the, uh, Kansas city improv. Thank you for your impressions. Thank you for dressing up. You really, uh, you really put a twinkle in my heart, and uh, I've, I'm still laughing about it. So, thank you so very much for doing that. Um, great people out there in Kansas, and uh, hopefully we'll see you again the next time. So we'll end the show there, and uh, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens with the garden hose time machine short slash very long story. All right, so uh, let's do a few announcements here. What do we got coming up? Oh, my God, I'm going to be in Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, let's see, that's going to be this weekend, gang. Uh, September 30th, right through to October the 2nd. Hello. The Pittsburgh Improv Great Comedy Club. Uh, go to harlemwilliams.com. You can reserve your tickets on my stand-up comedy tour link. And then the following week, uh, October 6th through the 9th, I'll be at the Mall of America at Rick Bronson's House of Comedy right there in the mall. Oh, my God. It's a great club. Really fun. It's going to be awesome. Uh, and then what do we have after that? Coming later in October, towards the end of October, uh, we will have San Jose, California. Oh, I love that city. I love that. That's the Improv, October 20th to the 23rd. Uh, the Improv. And then I'm going to give you a little hint, a little announcement. Uh, later in October, October 28th. Yes, October 28th. One of my new cartoon series will be premiering. I won't tell you you where yet, but I don't know if you're familiar with the video game. It's one of the biggest video games in the on the planet. It's called Skylanders, and it is coming as an animated series to you, and it is debuting October 28th. I do a bunch of voices in this new cartoon. Oh my God, I've seen some early footage. This thing looks incredible. It looks unbelievable. So all you Skylanders freaks, get ready for that. I'll give you more details as we get deeper into October. Uh, but mark it October 28th. So there you go, gang. There you go. It's uh, it's going to be fun. Uh, thank you for listening. Tell your friends. Please go on to harlowwilliams.com. Check the comedy schedule. Um. Also, uh, check out our store. We've got great, great items for sale in the store. You can write me at harlowwilliams.com. Send me a letter the way John did. 
Or you can call me, leave me a voicemail, 323-739-4330, 323-739-4330. And don't forget to sign up for your premium membership. You can do that at harlowwilliams.com. Click on the app link or the podcast link, and it will direct you on how to do that. 20 bucks a year. A really good deal, I dare say. And... um also, don't forget, finally, our app. You can get our free app in your app store, the Harland Highway podcast app. Just type in the Harland Highway in your app store, and uh, you will get it absolutely free. You get the latest 50 episodes absolutely free, and then everything there from there on down, you can join premium membership. So there you go. Uh, that's it. Watch out for crockpots on the side of the road. And until next time, chicken chow mein, baby! Another letter from our listeners.